I'm taking a quick hiatus. And while I'm away for the next few weeks, we're replaying some of our most listened to episodes. Hi, this is Nicole Roberts-Jones and welcome to the Faith Purpose Profit, what I like to call the FPP podcast. What I know for sure is that one of life's greatest gifts will meet you when you go after living as the highest and best version of who God created you to be. So here's where I share thought-provoking insight and behind-the-curtain conversations that will activate you into your next level. See, I'm not here for who you already are, but for who you have not yet become. And I want you to get this. One idea from these episodes can make a remarkable difference, not just in your purpose-focused business, but in your life. Also, make sure you join the conversation in our Facebook group. Go to thebrilliancetribe.com. Now grab your pen as we begin today's session of the Faith Purpose Profit Podcast. We started a series last week. The series is called Cultivate Your Calling. And I started this series because the series prior to this one, the series, not serious, the series prior to this one, <laughs> I walked you through the, the four step framework, what I call your brilliance framework, because when you live on purpose, you're meant to shine. Uh, as Matthew 5, 16 says, let your light so shine among men and women that they may see your good work and glorify your father in heaven. So as you shine with your purpose, you know, in order to shine, you got to know what it is. And so that previous four part series I walked you through, walked you through the four part brains framework. And now I'm walking you through all the things around your purpose. Cause one thing you got to clarify and the next thing you got to cultivate, you can't do one without the other. So before I start going in, if you've missed any of those conversations, I'm going to invite you to go on to over to my YouTube channel. You can watch any past episodes at nrjnetwork.com. And so let's, again, get this party started for this episode. Again, continuing in the four-part series on Cultivate Your Calling. Today is part two. Part two is you must fight for it. You must fight for it. Listen, God gives you purpose. He plants the seed. He's not going to water it, nurture it, fertilize it, grow it. He's not doing any of that. He did his part. Now you've got to commit to clarify it and then cultivate it. And so as we continue with our conversation, we're really looking at first, let me take cultivate, just to remind you, what does cultivate mean? It means to prepare, to foster the growth of, to improve by labor, case, or study. So if we're going to cultivate it, the second thing we've got to do is we've got to fight for it. See, I wonder if you realize that there's a battle in your mind. Mm-hmm. So our foundational Bible verse Bible verse <laughs> for today is Romans 12 too. So I'm living, reading this out of the new living translation that says, do not copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. But the emphasis here is by changing the way you think. And I think the thing is so, the thing I think, it's so interesting is people don't realize that in order for your purpose to fully get cultivated, you got to fight it, it, Again, it doesn't happen automatically. So what I want to walk you through in this conversation in the part one of our conversation is the five things you've got to do to fight for it. The five things that you've got to do, the five steps to fight for your purpose. See, the other thing I think many of us don't realize, go look at John 10, 10. 
It says the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So he's going to do whatever it takes to get you off track, to distract you, to make you stumble and fall because there are people that need you. And when you do the thing that God created you to do, you bless all the people around you. And that's what I mean by profit. Listen, more money, more purpose. Because the more money you make, the more people you can serve, the more good you can stay and do in this world. But what you think about, you bring about. So we've got to check your mindset. We've got to check, I call it your bankroll zip code. Because wherever your mind is, that is where. That will dictate the activation that happens in your purpose. Your activation in your life, the activation around everything. Even in relationships. Listen, if you if you... If you're judging the current relationship based on past relationships, that means you need to shift your thinking. Just because somebody did you wrong previously does not mean the current relationship, the, whether it's your, your man, your boss, doesn't mean the current place, uh, per, current thing is going to do the same thing. But what happens is we carry our mindset around like baggage. And if you don't do the way, work, and I'm going to walk you through the five steps you got to do, if you don't do the work to cultivate that mindset, to assess where you are and do the work to shift so you go after your next level, then you'll be stuck right there. You know, it's interesting if we talk about baggage and your mindset can be like baggage. Listen, we have over 60, I read this article probably three years ago. I think it says 60,000, probably more than that, 60,000 thoughts in a day. And let's say millions of thoughts in a day. And over 60% of them are already pre-wired to be stinking thinking. Meaning that you might have a, a desire that all of a sudden you might say, mm, I can't do that. Or you start letting something that happened in your past take, dictate that you can't do that or have that or be that. And so if you're going to go after a whole new level, you've got to check your mindset. And that mindset, like I said a few minutes ago, can be baggage. It can weigh you down. It can keep you from your next level. Listen, if they weigh our bags before we get on an airplane, you know why they do that, right? They do that because if the plane is too heavy, the plane will crash. That's why the single Aaliyah died. I hate to say that, but it's, it's the truth. Their, their cargo was too heavy and made the plane crash. Well, if your mindset is too heavy, if you got a way down with yesterday, you can't move into your tomorrow. So I want to stop by tonight and really look at your mindset. Okay, so here are five steps to fight. In that battle, that is your mind. You ready? And I want you to see where you are. Number one, you got to accept that your thinking needs to shift. Your thinking needs some adjusting. There's a Bible verse, Romans 12, 3. So I just read Romans 12, 2. This is the Bible verse that's right after it. Romans 12, 3 says, For I say, through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself or herself more highly than she ought to. But to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Think about what it means when you're not sober. I mean, you kind of fool yourself. I talked about that last week, right? <laughs> so it's like remain humble. But at the same time, don't think, oh, I've arrived. I don't need to learn anything else. I've arrived. I already know how to do that. See, when you're doing something you've never done before, it requires new tools. One of my favorite quotes, the tools you've used on this level are not sufficient for your next. When God has new for you, I don't care if you have a PhD or you sit in the corner office, there is more for you. So you've got to accept that your thinking needs to shift, needs some adjusting. Just like our car, you know, we take our cars in for a tune-up, you're supposed to. And when you don't, you know, when your tires are out of alignment, it begins to throw other things off in your car. 
Well, that's the same thing that happens with your mindset. See, out of the mindset, then really your mindset comes from your heart. And that's what we kind of talked about last week when we talked about motive in part one. So really, uh, step number two is understand your why. I'm not going to dig into that. We talked that about that in part one. If you, if you miss part one, go back and listen or watch it. But I need you to get this. If your motives are off, your thinking is off. And nine times out of ten, when your thinking is off, is based on number three, identify the negative chatter. Now I'm going to really show you how these three go together okay so if number one is accept that your mindset needs a shift you need to understand your why because your motive your heart is kind of connects to your mind so if you have improper motive trust me it has something to do with that negative chatter in your mind y'all so the thing that I think is interesting is many of especially those of you as uh, that are african-american women like me we learn to keep it moving. We don't stop and process what we've gone through. And what happens when we don't process what we've gone through, we carry that baggage into our next. And then this relationship has it, and then this relationship has it, and then this boss has it, and then this job has it. And you're blaming everybody else, but you keep being in the same movie, starring on the set in the same role. Listen, this was me. I remember every relationship I had prior to my husband, I promise you the man kept doing the same thing. Now, I could have said all men are dogs, but that's not real. Now, if I want to project that into my life, then that's what will come back into my life. But if I stop and look at my thought process around that, I kept having the same experience because I hadn't yet done the work on me. So when I stopped projecting that, I met my husband the next day, y'all, and I, that's real. We got fixed up. But but when I start projecting and I realize that I have been starring in the same movie over and over again, I kept reading the same script and being in the same script, that I had to make a different choice. So what's the thing that's keeping you where you are? If you keep saying the same thing, repeat over and over, I guarantee you there's something present there that you've got to check. So that negative chatter is like the Verizon network. You guys know that commercial. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? How many times do you, do you guys do that when you're on the phone and you have bad connection? Well, if you're not stopping to think about it, you're not connecting your mind with your heart, your motives to really look at where is there a disconnect? Here's what I mean. See, if you have a desire in your heart, that means you're meant to have it. I believe God puts the desires in our heart. So if you're meant to have it, then all the things that are keeping you from it, that's the disconnect. And so you've got to really think about, number one, accept your mindset needs shifting because if you're looking at your motives and you're looking at your negative chatter and something's out of alignment, you've got to do the work to get in alignment. So here are some things and some ways that you can be out of alignment. Perception. Are you so focused on what everybody else thinks and you're not even thinking about what does God want for me? I remember when I started in this journey and I worked in entertainment, all my friends kept saying, are you crazy? Well, shoot, I felt crazy too. <laughs> but I could either choose what they were saying because they were speaking for what they could see, but God works in what we cannot see. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So if you're going to go after another level of you, it's going to require faith. It is. 
which means you got to shift your mindset to get under God's mission. That's what submission means to get under God's mission, not the mission of the world, not the mission of your friends, not the mission of what other people think you should do be or be not the mission of your college degree. My degree was TV and film. I don't do anything. Well, that's not true. I do kind of do TV and film now, but I couldn't see it when I left how those things connected, but I trusted God. I had to do some real work on my mindset. Number two, when my business was broken, broken, see, I'm from South Central LA. So how many of you guys know this, the saying, you know, we got to rob Peter to pay Paul and I don't have, I'm broke and all the things that keep us stuck in a place that we don't want. When I started claiming new things for myself and trusting God for it and doing the work to go and get it. See, and to do that, I had to shift my mindset. I had to understand the negative chatter that said things like, oh, I'll never find a man, or I'll never make that amount of money, or I'm broke. No, I never say I'm broke. I just say that's not in my budget right now because I'm never broke. So you've got to really begin to look at what is the negative chatter because here's the thing, and this is really, really key, y'all. Motivation is only going to take you so far because that negative chatter will dissipate that motivation. If you don't do the work to get rid of the negative chatter, then the motivation will go away. Empowerment does not last. Not if the negative chatter supersedes it. Even willpower doesn't last. If the negative chatter comes in and supersedes it. So you've got to really look at, and this is why, again, you got to accept that your mindset needs some shifting. It needs some alignment work. So I do these segments, y'all. This is what I know is imperative that you get in a program with a coach. Listen, I've been in counseling and co I've been in coaching. I've been coaching now. Even my current coach, because my current biggest issue is my health. And I'm my BDS related. So I talked about that as my example all weekend. That's my current biggest issue right now. And in order for me to stay healthy in my 50s, yeah, I said 50s, the, what I was doing in my 40s, my 30s, my 20s, it ain't working. <laughs> right? If I'm going to have the energy to do what I do and, and fit all the clothes in my closet and everything else, I had to shift how I think about eating. I had to get a new coach to teach me a different way to do this thing. Look, I could have easily been depressed, but I couldn't fit any of my clothes. I can fit some of them now. But my point is that could have kept me stuck and without moving forward. So you've got to identify how is your thought life keeping you from the transformation that's possible for you. And then even if you look at your thought life and look at negative chatter, look at the people around you because sometimes they are feeding the negative chatter. If you're thinking I can never be, or I can never do, and they feed into that, then guess what? You never will be, and you never will do. If I think it's not possible, then guess what? It's not possible. But if I think it's possible, then guess what? It's possible. So you've really got to look at how do you shift the perception, the public opinion, the, the viewpoint, that you're, the lenses that you're looking at life through. Because if you're going to expand and go to a new level, that means that you're going to have to look at everything you do in a new and different way. That's why I believe this Bible verse says, and my paper fell, so hold on. Of course, my paper fell on the floor, right? <laughs> my Bible verse on it. That's why this Bible verse says, again, Romans 12, 2, do not copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. How do you do that? How does God change you? It's spending time. 
My clients and I call it be, do, have formula. We call ourselves human beings, but we're not. We're human doings because we focus on what do I need to do? What do I need to do? And you need, you need do as well, but you also need God. So I'll read this again. Do not copy the behavior and custom of this world, customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. See, the world would have said to me, Nicole, you got a bachelor's degree in TV and television and film, and you're working on some of the hottest TV shows. Why would you quit that? See, the world would say, you need to just continue to matriculate in that because you're doing really well. When God had a different plan for me. The next part of this is, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. It didn't make any kind of sense to me at the time. It didn't make any sense. But I had to trust God. And for many of you, the reason your businesses are stuck, the reason why you haven't started your business for that matter, is because you're trying to wait till it's the right time. There is no such thing as the right time. I'm telling you, I believe God does things so that we can trust him. Which means we have to do number four. So let me do a quick review. Number one, you got to accept that your thinking needs some adjusting. Number two, you got to understand your why. This is why I talked about motives in part one of this series. Whole conversation to understand your why. Because your why bumps up against number three, your negative chatter. Identify it. What's the negative thing that keeps playing in your mind? On repeat. Because you got to do number four, press stop. So when you see it coming up, once you identify it, when you see it coming, you've got to dissipate it. You've got to do the work to eliminate it. You've got to do the work to flip the, the switch. This is one of the biggest principles that I see so many business coaches just overlook, y'all. Because, again, if you're learning something new and you've never done it, it's going to be scary. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. <laughs> but in order for you to push past the fear, you've got to dissipate the negative chatter or understand it you know, it's, it's recognize that it's there and recognize that it's telling you a lie. Once you realize the lie that it's telling you that you're not smart enough or you're not good enough or you'll never make that amount of money or do you realize where you're from or any of that negative chatter that would, it, that's playing your mind, once you identify it's there, you can usually flip it, flip it into the truth. But you've got to do the work. And if you can't do the work, this is when you need to get in a counseling program. Because it doesn't go away just because you think, oh, I, I, it's going to go away. I'm going to put a bunch of affirmations on, the, on, on my mirror. Okay, those are great. But you've got to do them over and over and over and over until your mindset shifts to be in alignment with the affirmations. It just doesn't happen because you say, I'm, I'm going to say affirmations for a week. Yeah, mm-mm. So you've got to press stop. you got to say, oh, that's that thing again. I'm not, mm-mm, I don't receive that. I'm not doing that. Nope, mm-mm. Right? So that you can really begin to shift. So stop it and then put a new behavior there. So I remember when I used to say that all men were dogs. And then, you know, I had that uh, realization after I started really doing the work on me (laughs) to realize that I kept being in the same script because I kept repeating the same negative patterns and therefore I kept repeating the same behaviors. When I shifted and I said, stop, I met my husband. Same thing happened in my business. When my business was broken, broken. And I kept thinking, hey, maybe I'm just meant to struggle because I'm in ministry. This is my ministry. And God said, no, boo. Service and struggle should never coexist. I had to be willing to do the work. That's when I hired that first coach. And my life has never been recognizable since then. So you've got to do the work to stop it. 
And the number five is learn that growth equals being outside of comfort. You're not going to grow and be comfortable. I say this all the time, especially those of you that are here with me week after week, your comfort and your conviction can never coexist. Many of you want to start a business and you want to do it in a comfortable way. That is not real. It's just not. You want it to be easy. You don't have to put any extra work. You want it to look. God doesn't check your bank account when he's, when he's giving you a new level to go after. He's checking your faith. So I remember when I signed up for my coach and I didn't know if I could afford it, but I couldn't afford not to do it. So I said, I'm going to figure it out month to month. That was such a faith walk. That was such a faith walk. And even when I came back to, so many of you guys know, I, I started this in 1993 and 2012, after I hired my coach, my coach then hired me to come into her business to develop the programs and do all the programming for her company. Well, after I had been there for three years, God said, okay, that's enough. It's time for you to go out and go back to do your own company. And I was like, but I like it over here. I don't have to worry about payroll. See, I got easy. And so I remember the first month. Now I'm going to tell y'all the truth. Now I don't advise this to any of my clients, but I had only saved $30,000, but see, I didn't know God was going to tell me to quit. So I only had saved 30,000, right? Of my personal money. My husband and I have a savings account, but I'm committed to not touch that to retirement. So in my business, from what I was making and well, from my paycheck, what I was making, I had only saved 30,000. And when God told me to quit, I quit with only 30,000 in my reserve for my business. <laughs> And then I hired another coach that cost 20 of that 30. So again, I had to, I had to trust God. I had to be uncomfortable. I didn't know that I was going to generate 25,000. So I made more than I spent in the first month, but I had, I was willing to do what my coach said. I was willing to do it afraid. I was willing to get outside of my comfort zone, which means I had to shift my mindset. So my mindset said, Ooh, girl, you can't afford that. My said, have you lost your mind? You can't quit like that. But I had to trust God. And for many of you, you never will cultivate your calling at the level that's possible for you because you want it to be easy. You want it to be comfortable. You want it to be the right time. There will never be a right time. I cannot say that enough. You're going to have to do it afraid and be uncomfortable and trust that as you jump, that God has your parachute as you jump. Cause you won't see the parachute ahead of time. Shoot. You won't even know how do you work the parachute? How do I know? Cause I've been there. Not once, not twice. I promise you every time God is growing my business still, I'm in a place of trust. I'm in a place of trust. And if I don't stay focused on that place, then what happens is I, I mess up the cultivation of my calling. I mess up the cultivation of my purpose. So it's like when you're watering a seed, if you give up, you know, you water it and water it and water it and water it. And at some point the water, the plant starts to come out of the ground. If I stop watering it, I mess up the germination of that seed. For many of you, because you won't stay in, because you won't do the work, because you want it to be easy. You are not cultivating the growth of that seed which is your purpose, your DNA, your distinct natural ability. God put it in. He's done. Now it's time for you to do the work. So that's our conversation for today. You must fight for it. It's not going to happen automatically. You've got to do the work to cultivate your calling. So number one, you got to identify your thinking needs to be adjusted. That's an ongoing thing. It's not a one-time thing. It's an ongoing thing. 
Number two, you got to understand your why. Again, if you didn't watch or listen to episode one, go back. Because really we talked about your motives. And if you don't check your motives, baby, you will understand your why, which then goes into number three, your thinking. That negative chatter that's present, I guarantee you, it's attached to your motives. Guarantee you. And then number four, when you identify the negative chatter, number four, you got to stop it. Press stop. Like, no, I'm not going to be broke. I'm not going to be single. I'm not going whatever that is for you. Stop it. Stop it in its tracks. But you got to do the work to identify what it is and then put a truth that defeats that lie. Oh, the enemy will try to still kill and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that you have life and have it more abundantly. Well, you do the work to go after your abundantly, but all which is number five outside of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. You'll learn that growth is going to be outside your comfort zone. We're going to stop here and take a quick commercial break and we'll be back for more. Have you realized that you've been building someone else's billion dollar brand and there's a billion dollar brand in you? And I wonder if you even know that you can begin your business now without letting go of your paycheck. And see, that's why I wrote my free ebook alongside my nine to five. So go grab your copy at alongside my nine to five dot com. By the way, that's the number nine and the number five <laughs> alongside my nine to five dot com. See, most people tell you to quit to begin your business. And what I know for sure is that setting you up for failure. Why? Because even if you've saved a year's salary, you've got to spend money to make money. And so the wisest choice you can ever make is to begin to build your business alongside that 9 to 5. Listen, I created the ebook alongside my 9 to 5.com to give you all the insight you need to start and plan your business with grace and ease. Because who wants to hustle? See, I want to teach you how to make money while you sleep. Yes, you can generate income while you're sitting in your office, even while you're conducting a meeting. See, you can be doing all of that and your business can and will generate revenue for you. So go grab your copy alongside your 9to5.com. You must fight for it. So you've got to fight for your purpose. It doesn't automatically happen. Just because God gives you a gift, you don't automatically get to be this phenomenal thing in the world that God wants you to be. You've got to fight for it. You've got to activate it and fight for it. See, there's a battle in your mind to keep you from it. Our foundational Bible verse for this conversation, again, is Romans 12, 2. Do not copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So change the way you think changes your perspective, which changes how you act in this world. So my question to you is, will you sit on the bench or will you get in the game? Will you choose to fight or sit on the sidelines and see other people Siri, who truly activate their faith? You. Really? Uh, Siri, you want to um, talk all of a sudden? I don't know if y'all heard that. My my, my um, Apple Watch Siri just decided to talk while I'm talking. <laughs> she must think I'm saying it's good. So. Again, when you sit on the bench or when you get in the game, will you choose to fight or will you stay in comfort and complacent? So if you're going to activate that next level of you, you're going to have to activate your faith, which, by the way, is a function of your mind. 
Psalms 23, 7 says, as a man, and I'm going to say as a woman thinks, so is she, because y'all are here, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he, and as a woman thinks in her heart, so is she. See, everything happens, everything that happens starts in the mind. You are one thought away from building a six-figure business. You are one thought away from making your purpose into a paycheck. You are one thought away from being a millionaire. You are one thought away from overcoming any obstacle that will keep you from it. You are one thought away from a great transformation in your life. However, I hear so many highly skilled professionals, the ones who fail, the biggest obstacle I see many of them face is money. I hear things say, I hear them say things like, I can't afford it, or I don't have it, or I don't, I don't, I can't do that right now. And here's what I often think, and sometimes I ask them, do you have the courage to think? Because again, that's you thinking you can't afford it. Because you're focusing on what you can see, and God focuses on, on and does his best work in places that we can't see. So again, do you have the courage to think? See, if you think you can change, you can grow, you can evolve, you transform, you become. Matter of fact, when people want to hire a coach to get the strategy they know they need, which strategy, by the way, is, is thinking, your credit's not the problem. Your bills are not the problem. Even your paycheck isn't holding you back. Your thoughts are the problem. Again, I say, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. If you think you can't, you won't. But if you think you can, you will figure it out. If you think it's going to be hard, guess what? It will be hard. But if you think I can do this, then you will. See, everything starts with a thought. Matter of fact, the own network, my new favorite network was a thought. Nike was a thought. Amazon was a thought. Even the iPhone that I'm talking through right now was a thought. So you are one thought away from your next level. One thought. That's how close you are. So if you think little, you go little. If you think small, you will be small. But if you think, yes, I trust you, Lord, that you're going to give me all that I need to make it happen, then guess what? It will happen. But there's a fight in your mind between having the thought and the belief you need to activate the thought to make it real. And so that is really the conversation I want to have this morning. You have to let go of distractions, of confusion, of turmoil, anything that would be in the way to find that peaceful place to add faith to your thoughts so you can make it real. Okay, again, I say you are one thought away. Listen, even God started with a thought. He started the world. God thought in the beginning, I'll make heavens and earth. That was a thought. (laughs) So our conversation is to pause and look at your thought life, because if you don't fight to get your thoughts in alignment, you will never have the abundantly above all that God has in store for you. So, yes, you must fight to keep your mind in a place of faith or belief. So I'm going to give you three steps to activate your faith and really shift your mind life. But let me break down the word belief and a couple of the things before I do that. And then we're going to open up and hear from you. The word belief is defined in the dictionary as a state or habit of mind in which trust or confidence is placed in some person or thing. Something that is accepted, considered to be true or held as an opinion. So this word actually can be broken down into two separate parts. I looked this up before, um, and it, it look as be and leaf. To be simply means to exist, to live, right? The word leaf originates from Indo-European word, I'm going to say it wrong, lubith, L-E-U-B-H, which means love. The combined word belief now takes on a whole new meaning, which simply put is to be in love with. So when I say belief is defined as faith in God or to be in love with God. 
And see, one can't love without using the heart, which is why your thoughts and your motives are tied together. So if you missed last week's conversation on motives, go back and listen to last week's podcast because you need to get the whole picture we talked about last week and this week to cultivate that purpose because it's between your motive and your thoughts, your heart and your mind. So you can listen to previous podcasts at fpppodcast.com. Again, fpppodcast.com. So beliefs do not necessarily represent what's true or or factual. Mm, Yeah, I said it. See, our beliefs are based on either we trust God or we are focusing on what we can see, on on the perception of reality. And I'm saying perception because it's what we perceive as real. But we can't see what God is doing. And oftentimes we're basing our perception on life experiences or culture, where we're from or things that have happened to us. The power of each belief or thought stems from either you looking at what you can see or trusting our creator who we cannot see. In this sense, whether you believe from your heart to be true, whatever you believe from your heart to be true, could be reality in your life. Point blank, period. As a result, you then attract events, experiences, and people that match your beliefs. Mm -hmm. Or what I like to say, what you think about, you bring about. So again, I want to give you three steps, but again, let me tell you faith, even in the Bible is defined. Hebrews 11, one says, now faith is a substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen. So if you're going to grow your faith, you've got to literally, I read this in part one. I'm going to read the new living translation of it here. Romans 12, three, be honest in your evaluation of yourself, measuring yourself by the faith God has given you. See, God gives us evidence, but we've got to activate our faith. So here are three steps to grow your faith. You ready? Number one, you got to take some time to date God. Yes, yeah, it date. <laughs> so think about what dating is. It requires, if you're going to date someone and get to know them and have a long-term sustainable relationship with them, it requires talking, it requires listening, and it requires getting to know that person. So talking, I would say, is prayer. Listening is when you sit in silence and allow God to speak to you. I think so many of us think we have a relationship with God and all we do is talk. That's not a relationship. Even the word relationship means relay. And then you got to get to know him, which means spending time in God's word. That's how you get to know him. You know, when I was dating my husband, it was actually a blessing that we dated long distance because all we had was the phone. And we got to know each other so well. I mean, literally, he is my best friend because we can finish each other's sentences. We know each other really well. But I got to really get to know the man that is Daryl beyond his PhD, beyond what he does for a living, beyond all the things he had done in his family. I got to know the heart of him. And that's the same thing. Listen, God preserved the Bible so that we could study who he is in written word. See, our faith grows as we get to know the character and the promises of God. He doesn't make a promise to one person without making a promise to somebody else. So dating God plants seeds in our hearts. We're soaking in the absolute truth about what God is like and the things he's done and will do for each of us. So that's number one. You got to date God. Number two, then you got to take that faith and activate it. See, Hebrews 11, 8, by the way, the whole chapter of Hebrews is like a, a faith chapter. The whole chapter 11 in Hebrews is like a faith chapter. Hebrews eleven eight 8 says, by faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. Could you follow God if you didn't know where you were going? Mm -hmm. See, Abraham didn't use his faith to think about going where God told him to go. He used his faith 
to act in obedience. He didn't use his faith to think. In other words, if I, I was thinking about it, I'd be like, well, Lord, I don't even know what direction to take. He didn't think about that. He said, okay, Lord, I'm going to trust you. That's what I mean. We got to fight in our mind. Because if you've been through things and gone through things, like if I use my husband again for an example, the men I dated before my husband, ooh, baby, moment of silence. <laughs> so if I would have judged Daryl from my past, and many of us do that, instead what I did, is I started growing my faith so much in God between my last boyfriend and, and Daryl that I sat in quiet contemplation and God began to show me. Matter of fact, the very question I asked God about Daryl, he said the exact question to me on the next call. I was tripping out. But that let me know that God was present and I could trust God if I couldn't trust Daryl. James 1.22 says, do not merely, merely listen to the word, and so deceive yourself. Do what it says. Because so you can send church and send church and send church. Listen, me standing in a garage doesn't make me a car any more than you sitting in church makes you a Christian or having a relationship. Going to church once a week isn't enough. you got to spend the time on your own to develop the relationship. Okay? So our faith moves. It moves us to really move into action. Following the example of Jesus, the more you put into practice the, what you learn, the stronger it gets and the bigger the harvest will become. You guys have heard me talk about seed time and harvest. You will see your life change for the better as you increase your faith. And then I think the third biggest part of having faith is you got to grow. Uh, you got to activate your faith in hard times. Listen, James 1, 2 through 4 says, count it all joy when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, steadfastness, <laughs> and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect, complete, and lacking in nothing. Listen, here's what I know. And the enemy is going to try to deter you. And so sometimes I believe God allows it, just like Job. Read the book of Job, because God knows you can get through it. But the question is, will you do what it takes to get through it? God knows what he put inside of you, but you got to activate. He's not going to make you trust him. Listen, even in my study Bible here, um, it says, this is my concordance, the testing of your faith produces endurance. It's one thing to tell your teacher that you know the material. It's another thing to write the correct answers on a test. Similarly, you may claim to believe and follow God, but how do you respond when he tests your faith and produces your buttons? And pushes your buttons, rather. God is working to produce endurance in you, so let endurance have its full effect. I believe this happened. I remember when my business was failing and I had to hire a coach, and I didn't have the money. But I knew God led me to the path to that coach. I could see how the heck I was going to pay her. And and, and knees knocking teacher, and my, my hand was shaking when I handed the credit card. I didn't even know if my credit card was going to go through. I'm going to keep it all the way real. But I knew I knew, number one, that this was a test. I'm like, Lord, I'm going to pass this test. I'm not failing this again because I had failed too many years trying to do it easy, trying to keep it simple. It took me too long to make it because I wanted it to be easy. And many of you haven't started your business and you don't grow your business because you're sitting in easy and complacent. And even some of you guys have hired coaches, but you're not doing what the coach tells you to do because you want it to be comfortable. Well, your next level won't happen in comfort. So if you're going to fight for it, you've got to choose faith over fear. You've got to choose who you have not yet become over who you already are. You've got to hold tight to your faith. 
So again, I say to you, will you sit on the bench or will you get in the game? Will you choose to fight or sit on the sidelines and see other people who truly activate their faith and go after all that God has in store for them? Or will you say, no, I'm going to get mine? So that's the conversation I'm going to have this morning. Will you go and get yours? If you have in, uh, insight, questions, any way I can coach you, please raise your hand. We'd love to hear your voice. In the meantime, let's hear from Miss Yolanda. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. My name is Yolanda Churchwell, and I help women entrepreneurs take the hassle out of their hustle so they can make more money and have more free time. Um, <clears throat> last night after... Uh, FPP Live, I pulled out my copy of Joyce Meyer's Battlefield of the Mind. Um, and that's one of my favorite books. One of my favorite, favorite, favorite books. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> that's okay. What she said is that our actions are a, are a direct result of our thoughts. If we have a negative mind, we will have a negative life. If on the other hand, we renew, we renew our mind according to God's word, we will prove out the good an acceptable and perfect will of God for our lives. So basically I read that to say that, you know, Romans 12 2, which Nicole talked about last night and again today, that's a daily recommitment. You have to wake up every day and know that that, that is where the enemy is going to come. That is the only thing that he can really do to us um, is he wants to get in your mind and he wants to control it because your thoughts do control so much of what you do. So you have to have a daily recommitment every morning, just like you get up and you make a commitment to forgive, you have to get up and make a commitment to own your thoughts and to move according to what God would have you to do. So what I want to add is also Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, which we all know says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. We don't know what we don't know. So we can't rely on our thoughts and, and our knowledge to get us where we need to go. Um, and then so often logic for those of us who just are so educated and so smart and emotion for those of us who are just impasse and feel everything, they don't always align with God's thoughts, plans, and wills for our life. So it's important to lean and depend on him in all that we do. Um, faith to do what he says, even when we don't understand it. So when, you're ne when the negative chatter gets loud, you need to recall his promises and stand on them. But you can't do it if, like Nicole said, you haven't done step one, which is to date God. If you don't know him, then how do you know what he said that is going to bring you through? How do you know what he's telling you to do? How do you know how he's going to reward you? If you don't know him, then how do you know? And, you know, when you at church and the preacher get to preach it and then they have the, per the choir have the perfect hymn to bring it all together. So as I was writing this out, it just popped in my mind and I can't sing y'all except in church, but I'm going I'm to give it a try. It's a hymn that says, we've come a long way, leaning and depending on Jesus. We've come a long way. So you have to date him so that you get in a place. Think about it. When, you in, when you're in a relationship, you trust that person. You love that person. We need to make sure that we're doing that with God in every area of our lives, trusting him in all places. Not only will our businesses grow, but we will grow and we will grow according to what he has for us. That's it this morning.
So good. So good. So listen, as you were, as you were sharing, what it reminded me of is when I started in this work in 1993, um, I started working with teenage girls, right? And so really what I was doing was helping them get killing their purpose and, and go and, and create the strategy to go after it. So whether it was go to college, whether it was go to cosmetology school, culinary school, whatever that was, that was really what my program started at. I didn't realize God was using that to expand my territory, to grow my own purpose to now do the work I'm doing now. But that's not why I'm sharing that. You know, we get set in our ways. Again, Romans 12, 2 says, do not copy the behavior and customs of this world. So as Yolanda was sharing, what I was reminded of is in 1994, after I've been working with girls for years. So let me tell y'all how funky and mean I used to be. So anybody that knows me back in the day, matter of fact, I saw a guy that I went to college with and, and my best friend, we were all at hanging out. This was at Black Enterprise Conference a couple years, probably about four or five years ago. He was like, oh, I can't say hi to Nicole. Mm-mm, she not nice. Because I used to be a mean, hot mess. Y'all just don't even know. I mean, rolling my neck, cussing you out. Ooh, I was a hot mess, right? But let me tell you what I realized is that I was an angry hot mess. I didn't love myself. And so I masked that with this, what it looked like was self-confidence and I was no nonsense and I would tell you about yourself. But really, I was trying to keep you away because I didn't want you to see the real me. I was almost like the Oz. Y'all remember the Wizard of Oz and he was behind that curtain? Yeah. So I looked really good and I had all those people dancing outside around me and stuff. But yeah, behind the curtain, I was a whole hot mess. And I realized, how am I trying to explain and hold the space for my girls if I won't do the work on me? And so I remember when I decided, <laughs> and this is what I was really growing in God, and God began to hold a mirror up to me. Because again, when you start working on becoming the next version of you, even if you think you're going to grow a business, God is going to grow you in the middle of that business. Because again, I say this all the time, your business can never outgrow you. And literally, I remember my roommate, her name is Michelle, I won't say her last name. <laughs> I want you to get this. I said to her, okay, Michelle, when you see me being really mean or nasty, I want you to call me out. Because she would see it all day, every day, right? And so I remember the first time she called me out. I promise you, it was like an exorcist moment. I think my head spinned around. I was like, oh my God. But I had gotten so accustomed to this way. And all of you that are saying, this is just how I am. Yeah, that's a choice. And it starts in your mind that you think you can't shift it. Listen, what I realized is I grew up in a household of abuse. So part of what I learned was a way to save myself in the middle of it. Now, it doesn't make it okay if I choose to stay that way, but God has so much more for me. So the version of Nicole you see today is a woman that's going to counseling, yes, that has been fully immersed in growing in God, spending the time with God, having that what I call being time, because I call, we call ourselves human beings, but we're not. I say this all the time, y'all. We're human doings. It's when we sit in that being and have that time with God, me and God, having our date mornings, right? That's what, I, that's what I call it, my Jesus time, right? But just like I have date night on Friday with my husband, I have more time with Jesus than I do my husband. Why? Because he's more important to me than my husband. And my husband wouldn't be here if it wasn't for God. But ultimately, the reason I'm sharing this with you, because many of you have settled into the comfort of who the 1980 version of you or 1990. And God has so much more for you, but it takes you shifting your mind, flipping the switch and shifting into a new level of you. So I want to support you. If you find yourself stuck there, please feel free to raise your hand and come on up and let's talk about it. In the meantime, good morning, Renata. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. My name is Renata Joy, and I help motivated investors take the money that they've earned and create more revenue. You know, this is always one of my touchy subjects because it does start in your mindset. And that was me and that was my problem. 
I was all in my way in the mind. And if I'm all the way honest, I had imposter syndrome real bad until I got a grip of it, right? But I mean, I still experience it, but I remember having thoughts like, what if I fail? And I had to tell myself, what if you do fail? That's a part of the journey. You have to be willing to learn and fail, fail forward. That's part of it. And then I heard, you know, what would people say? So then that's me worried about people's perception. People are going to have something to say, good, bad, or indifferent. So I had to ask God, decrease me and use me. And the minute I did that, he started opening up doors that I didn't even knew existed, right? He started connecting me, like you were saying earlier, to people, events, and opportunities that not only align with my belief, because I have to change my mindset, but it's beyond that. And like what Yolanda was saying, it's honestly, it's a daily walk. I mean, if it's, it's even more than a daily walk. Sometimes it's an hourly walk where I literally have to ask God to please remove my thoughts and ways and exchange it for his, because his is much, much higher than mine. So I just wanted to add that to today's conversation. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. And I love how you said about people's perception. You know, I said this this week and it'd be the answer that when people have something to say about you or people are calling you, like I remember some of my uh, friends said, well, who do you think you are? I'm like, who do I, who am I not to be and do this work? Right. But when people hate on you, that's none of your business. That's on them. And nine times out of 10, what's happening is you changing and growing is unconsciously giving them permission to change and grow. And some of them may not be ready. Again, not your business. But what happens is they project onto you because they don't want to look at themselves. Again, none of your business. That's between them and God. And the hardest thing is when you're really close to someone and that happens, it's happened to me, learning to give them the space and either they would choose to come back and, and, and get, the, get, get their life, as I always say, get your whole life, right? <laughs> they'll get it together or they'll stay in hateration mode. And again, that's what they're choosing. But you've got to choose to keep only around you what's going to help you grow, going to foster your growth. Uh, I always like to say it like this, and then I'm going to hear from you, Nicole. I, hear, I see you there, is, is that... You can either, when you go to the bank, if you keep withdrawing money and withdrawing money and withdrawing money, at some point they're going to keep your ATM card. I used to say Versatella card and somebody laughed at me because I sounded like an old lady. They're going to keep your ATM card. Those of you that remember Versatella, you probably got a good laugh out of that. Everybody else is like, what is she talking about? Anyway, so at some point you've got to make deposits. And so if people are just taking and taking and taking from you, you will be depleted. So you've got to make sure you have only people around you that are life-giving, that are pouring back into you, and that you pour back into them as well. Don't just take and take and take and don't give. You've got to have reciprocal. That's what a relationship is. That's a relay between both people. It's so important. So thank you for that, Renata. Good morning, Nicole. Welcome. I can relate to everything you guys say because, one, <laughs> um, I thank you for having this conversation and this room because the stuff that you guys are, are saying, I I can relate because um and so much because we only have one life and we can't let people push us to the point where we feel like we don't want to do stuff help people anymore. I have to stop and think to myself, what am I, what is, who is this person I'm helping and why, what's the point of me helping this person if they don't need my help or they choose not to listen to my advice 
and I am tired of <laughs> of nailing people who are not good in my in my life, be in my life, and I don't want to have netted people in my life or netted the naysayers that can't tell me, oh, I can't do it, or oh. Or you're a person with a Disney who can't do nothing. That's not true. And I I can say this because I had to let go of some friends that were not in my corner, wasn't supporting. I had to let go of, 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 of things and people in my life to get where I am today because I, I wanted to know that God uh, I wanted to renew my relationship with God because I stopped doing that and now I have a better relationship with God now that I've done that yeah that's so good that's so good thank you Nicole and and I, I want to applaud you because you know I know that oftentimes when people see people with disabilities they just automatically shun them they just automatically have a a um Oh, I can't think of the word I'm trying to think of, a stereotype for them. That's the word I was thinking of, but that's the word I'm going to say because I can't think of the other word, right? And so I just want to applaud you that you're standing in the gap for all because we don't know the journey. And the same with Nicole, all of us have our own journey. And sometimes people can't see your journey. That's why I talked about the fact that God is always in the middle of your trial. You know, don't think it's strange when you go through various trials because God is testing your faith, right? Yolanda, did you want to say something? No, I was applauding Nicole. Oh, okay. <laughs> right, right, right. And so I want to applaud you. It's like this week is like I doubted that I, I doubted myself that I wasn't going to sell an art piece that I made, and sure enough, it got sold for sixty-five dollars. And I, I, I doubted myself that I wasn't going to sell nothing, and sure enough, I sold an art piece that I thought nobody was going to buy, and sure enough, somebody bought it. See, right. When, right. When you when you have that mindset, you have to change that mind. I have to change that mindset, and because I change that mindset, to my body. Right. And, and here's the thing. Thank you for that. And here's the thing as we wrap up. Oh, I'm only doing this because I have a call at nine. So, and and here's the thing I want y'all to get. When we shift, because when we focus on only what we can see, then of course it's going to be, well, that's not going to happen. And I don't know how that's possible. And But we're relying on only what the experiences we've already had, not the experiences we have yet to have. We're also not relying on the seed that God planted inside of us. If we're going to water it and grow it, it's going to be something beyond what we can see. When you're looking to grow into a new level, it's going to be scary if you've never been there before. So I want y'all to get this. This conversation, part one and part two, is will you fight for it? It's not going to be easy. But this is why only a few get to abundantly above all status. This is why there's only a few Oprahs in the world. Because, baby, we don't know her fight. We know some of it, but we don't know all of it. I can go on and on about Tiffany Haddish, who lived in a car. Even Jennifer Hudson, who lost American Idol. She lost. Look at her now. Not only she won an Academy Award, hello, but she, many people give up when they go through something. And she sang on American Idol, right? But she didn't give up. So the question is, will you fight for it? Will you shift your mindset so that it stays in a place to trust God and believe God, even when you can't see it? Thank you for joining us for today's episode of the Faith 
Purpose Profit Podcast. Now I want you to walk away from these episodes with value. So I want you to write down the answers to one of these questions. Number one, what was your greatest takeaway? Number two, what will you do different as a result of what you heard? You may have heard something you've heard before, or you may have learned something new. Either way, don't take the insight that you got for granted. I want you to commit to doing one thing different as a result of what you heard. And then I want you to share it. Share your takeaways in our Facebook group. Go to thebrilliancetribe.com and use the hashtag FPP podcast. Now, the last thing I want to ask you to do, if you got any value out of this episode, is to share it with your community. Post it on social media. Tell people to join our conversation by going to fpppodcast.com. Now, until the next time, be extraordinary, be unapologetic, be bodaciously all that God created you to be as you connect your faith with purpose so that as you be the answer you were born to be in this world, God can give you the profit you deserve as a gift for a job well done.